In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending February 27th on Friday, a bipartisan group of former U.S. Ag secretaries representing all past administrations from those of President Jimmy Carter to President George Bush issued an open letter urging Congress to pass trade promotion authority. Current Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack held a national media conference to announce these new bipartisan efforts. Eight former secretaries of agriculture those who served in Republican administrations and those who served in Democratic administrations since President Carter have all agreed uh, and signed on to a letter supporting uh, the passage of trade promotion authority for President Obama and encouraging uh, Congress uh, to do so quickly uh, and encouraging Congress also to take a look at uh, trade agreements. Uh, these former secretaries understand what I understand, which is the importance and significance of agricultural exports to the agricultural economy in this country. Also on that call was former Secretary of Agriculture Ann Veneman. Trade agreements, as you know, are essential to help expand agricultural exports, as Secretary Vilsack pointed out. And this supports U.S. farmers. It supports U.S. jobs. So it's critical for the U.S. to negotiate with one voice. And Trade Promotion Authority is essential for that to happen. And former Ag Secretary Dan Glickman was also on that conference call. And agriculture is more dependent on trade than any other segment of the American economy. So American farmers really live or die based upon what and how they can sell their products overseas. So providing trade promotion authority is important in order to get an agreement to the Congress. And we're just going to have to do the best we can to convince members of Congress that this is the right thing for the country. Now, Congress could begin consideration of legislation to grant President Obama trade promotion authority as early as next week. And more of what each of the past Ag Secretaries had to say is on our website, southeastagnet.com. Well, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack also announced Friday that a one-time extension will be provided to producers for the new safety net programs established by the 2014 Farm Bill, known as the Ag Risk Coverage, or ARC, and the Price Loss Coverage, PLC. The final day to update yield history or reallocate base acres has been extended one additional month. It was Friday, February 27th. It's now been moved to March 31st. The final day for farm owners and producers to choose ARC or PLC. Coverage remains March 31st. Well, in other news, Ronnie Lee, a Bronwood, Georgia cotton producer, presented testimony this week during the Senate Ag, Nutrition, and Forestry Committee's hearing to review implementation of the Ag Act of 2014. As part of his testimony, Lee stressed that one of the most challenging implementation issues has been the imposition of the payment limit on marketing loans. And as Gary Crawford reports, the issue of unified payment limits is presenting a problem for cotton producers because they can't currently assess timely information on their marketing loan gains. Sometimes when there are new farm programs and policies, there can be new unforeseen problems. One of those did crop up this year revolving around the cotton marketing loan program and the new government payment limit of $125,000 per farm entity, a limit that applies to all government farm payments, including marketing loan gains. Ronnie Lee from Georgia grows cotton, but also other program crops. And he told the Senate Ag Committee this week that cotton producers market their crop throughout the year and through many marketing channels. Creating an extremely challenging task for USDA to accurately track marketing loan benefits to individual producers. 
Producers who could be getting payments on other crops and who, by the time the marketing loan gains are known next March, could unknowingly be over the payment limit and have to pay back some of that money. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack told the committee USDA's working with the Cotton Council on a permanent solution to this. We're not quite there yet, and we're working with the Cotton Council to make sure that we do as good a job as we possibly can until we get the permanent fix. Which he says he hopes is ready by the end of this year. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. In other news, Tyron Spearman had a story this week about how one company is rolling out some new peanut products. The J.M. Smucker Company, the maker of the number one peanut butter in America, said they are opening up a wide variety of new products across categories and platforms under its Jif and Smuckers in an effort to boost the iconic brand's worth to $1 billion each. Vince Bird, the COO, said that the new products will accelerate the growth of these well-known brands by leveraging their equity and heritage and by meeting consumers' uh, desire for convenience, variety, and better-for-you nutrition. He said the company will expand the GIF brand into two new fast-growing categories, bars and peanut powder. He said with more than 70% of the households purchasing snack bars, we are leveraging our protein-rich GIF peanut butter to launch GIF bars to capitalize on the $5 billion industry and growing snack bar category. He said, we're also excited about the new national brand to enter the peanut powder category, which is a smaller category, but is growing quickly and is projected to move then to double-digit growth in the next three years. He said peanut powder has potential as an alternative to soy and whey protein powders that can be difficult to digest or harder to, to mask with a flavor. He said peanut generally tastes better and pairs well with chocolate, which explains two flavors launching regular and chocolate peanut. The powder also touts less fat than peanut butter. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom had a story this week about how a diet high in protein and fat is actually okay. For decades, we've been hearing about saturated fats and the possible connection to obesity, diabetes, cancer, and heart disease. We've also been told to avoid or consume less of foods such as meats, cheese, and dairy. But there's at least one argument that more fat rather than less is what's actually leading to better health and weight loss. Animal foods, fat, more fat in the diet is shown to be healthier in clinical trials. Nina Teichel, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Big Fat Surprise, Why Butter, Meat, and Cheese Belong in a Healthy Diet, says she decided to write the book after spending time writing a restaurant review column in New York. She argues the real health problems began several decades ago when Americans in this land of ours began eating less fat and substituting with more carbohydrates. What happened in 1960 is we started the low-fat, low-saturated fat diet, and we took fat and protein out of our diet, we ramped up carbohydrates. We've increased the carbohydrates by 25% over the last 30 years. We need to back down from that high carbohydrate diet. As a result, the cattle and dairy industry has gotten a bad rap over the years. Bad rap for all these foods and also for the American people who have stopped eating those foods and obviously their health has not gotten better for that. For more information about Teichel's book, check out our website at www.thebigfatsurprise.com. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And we wrap up this week's podcast with Everett Griner talking about how wires have changed farm life. We all know how mechanization has changed farming, but all that powerful machinery under the shed put together hasn't changed the way a farm family lives as much as a single strand of copper wire. It brought electricity. You know, before that, the farmer's wife began her day before he did. She was still busy after he finished. No electrical stove, no refrigerator, no washing machine. Or refresh, nothing but her hands. 
you think about three meals a day cooked on a wood-burning stove, and she chopped most of the wood. She washed the dishes, did the laundry, took care of the children, and did most of the gardening that produced the family's food. She put in as many hours, maybe even more, than he did. And then those two copper wires that brought a better lifestyle than all that machinery in the barn. Mechanization changed farming, but electricity is what changed farm living. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.